Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This week continues our series, Unanswered. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Good morning. Summer has arrived. Isn't that a beautiful thing? No more busy schedules. Time to chill. Just relax. No more school. No more questions. Just turn off our brains. Although questions are good. I mean, questions initiate curiosity. Questions bring clarity to tangled thoughts. Unanswered questions, however bring confusion and pessimism. And today we kick off a new series called Unanswered. So over the next 10 weeks, we're going to take one unanswered question and we're going to bring truth to a tough question. And today our subject matter is a little bit controversial. As a matter of fact, in some social settings, you're not supposed to bring this subject up. Today at Valley Point Church, we're going to talk politics. And everybody just woke up. Politics. Our country is in the middle of a heated battle for the presidency of the United States of America. And I think it's time to address this subject. I'm just curious, out of all of you in the room, raise your hand. How many of you have watched all of your party's political debates? Anyone watch all of them? Few. How many of you in the room today have watched some of your party's political debates? Yeah. And how many of you didn't watch any of them? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that at all. Here is our unanswered question of the day. Trump or Hillary? Trump or Hillary? How should I respond? How should I, as a Christ follower, respond to the political circus that surrounds us today in America? Everyone's awake. And I see some Republicans with their arms folded, wondering what I'm going to say. Democrats have their heads tilted and they're staring at me. Just relax. Just relax. We're going to have a little bit of fun today. But we're going to seek some truth around this subject. Trump or Hillary, how should I respond? How should I respond? I know this conversation makes makes some of you tense and nervous. Take a deep breath and exhale. (laughs) We're either on one side of the fence or we are probably on the other side of the fence. Some of you in the room today are probably still on the fence, and that's okay. Some of you in the room are thinking to yourself, what fence is he talking about? And that's okay, too. (laughs) That's okay, too. I love the fact, this is one of the things I love about our church. I love the fact that we have diversity in our faith community. 
We are a diverse church. We are multi-ethnic. We are multi-generational. We are multicultural. We are multi-denominational. And more than likely, we are multi-political as well. That is a healthy thing. It is something that we should celebrate. It is something that we should uh, recognize and, and just love about our faith community. My wife and I, Laurie, we, we were on vacation a few years ago. Whenever we're on vacation, every once in a while, we'll go visit another church. And so we did that one Sunday morning. We went and visited another church. And we walked into the doors, and I kid you not, every male individual from five years old to 90 had dress pants, a dress shirt, a tie, and a jacket. And of course, me, I was wearing my Tommy Bahama outfit. (laughs) I didn't feel very comfortable. And sadly, unlike Valley Point Church, they didn't make me feel any comfortable very comfortable either. You know, and we should celebrate the fact that we have diversity in our church. We don't all look alike, for sure, and we don't all think alike, and we come from different backgrounds, we come from different denominations, and that is a healthy thing for a church to be like that. It is a very healthy thing. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying at all that there's different ways to heaven or there's different ways to God. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this in chapter 14. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You see, that is essential. Jesus Christ is essential for our faith. And I think what happens a lot of times for us as Christ followers and as Christians all across America, we get hung up on the non-essentials. We get hung up on the non-essentials to where it begins to disrupt us and divide us. And we argue over those things. And ultimately, the enemy gets the victory. And I think many times we get so passionate about the convictions over the non-essentials, that we lose the very thing that God wants us to have for each other. And that is compassion. That is compassion. Here's our big idea for today. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. Listen, embrace the fact that we had different convictions. Like the fact that we are all different. But you don't need to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. Your view of Jesus, many times, your view of Jesus will determine your politics. For instance, we all know that Jesus was a Democrat. Jesus loved free health care. He was a health care dispensing machine. He went around healing everybody, lines of people, free health care. He had to be a Democrat. Your view of Jesus sometimes will determine your politics. We know he was a Republican. 
He ate with publicans. He had to be Republican. Your view of Jesus many times will determine your politics. And that's okay. That's okay. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 22. You could turn there in your Bibles or your smart device. We'll have it up on the screen. But you see, they had the same problem in Jesus' day. They had the same problem we have today. There was all kinds of people, different people. There was diversity in Jesus' day. There was the Pharisees. There was the Sadducees. There was the Romans, who actually were in control of everything. There was the rich people. There was the poor people. And they all had all these unanswered questions for Jesus. And so they would go to him, and they would ask him these questions. And this is a passage of Scripture that actually takes place a few weeks before he's killed. A few weeks before he lays down his life for us. And he's in the temple. And one of the Pharisees comes to him, and he, and he actually was a lawyer, and he asks him this question. And we pick this up in chapter 22, verse 36. He says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus answers, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And all of us sitting in a room would say, yes, absolutely. I love the God, God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Whatever all those three things mean, I don't know. But I do. I love God. As a matter of fact, I love God, and that's why I am Republican. That's why I am Libertarian. That's why I am Democrat. You see, that's how we look at it. That's how we look at it. Absolutely, we love God. There's no question about that. At least in our minds. But see, Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He goes on to say in verse 39, and he says, And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets. Everything, all the law, all the prophets, all those things fall under these two principles. These two verses, love God, love people. Love God, love people. If you're unsure of all the convictions and all the different things that are out there, all the non-essentials that are out there, just forget them for a, for a moment and filter all of your thought process, especially when it comes to politics. Filter all your thought process through this passage. Summarize, love God, love politics. We all have different opinions about what's best for people. That's what makes up our convictions. That's what makes up the political platforms. We all have different opinions about what's best for people. But as Christ followers, as Christ followers here in the room and all across America, there's one thing that we cannot disagree on, is that what's best is for people. People come First, you don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. Here's what I'd like to do today. I'd like to give you three godly responses to politics. And if, and if you look at these three godly responses to politics, you'll, you'll notice that this is how we love God. We could say we love God, but how do we love God? 
This is how we can love God when it comes to politics. Three godly responses. And then I want to give you three personal responses to political differences. I'm 62 years old. I've been around long enough to know that we all have political differences. You may be 20 in the room, and you'll know, you know there's political differences in the world today. How do we deal with those things? How do we personally deal with those things? Well, we'll look through that. Let's look at first the three godly responses to politics, how you love God. Number one, pray for those in leadership. Huh. Pray for those in leadership. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says this, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead, this is why, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. When we pray for our political leaders in America, when we pray for them, we are taking the burden off of our shoulders and we're giving it to God. We're taking it out of our lives and we're giving it to God. You see, that's loving God. That's loving God. Are you praying for your political leaders today? Let me ask you this question. Republicans in the room, are you praying for President Obama? Democrats, a few years ago, did you pray for George W. Bush? You see, there are tough questions that we need to ask ourselves. Because God says, if you want to respond to politics right, start with praying for our political leaders. And you know what's interesting? Look at this verse, because he doesn't just say pray for them. He says, give thanks for them. He says, give thanks for them. That's sometimes difficult for us to do. I know it's hard for me to do. You know, our culture... The, the world that we live in today, sometimes we can get so caught up in the rhetoric that we, 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 we lower ourselves. God says, if you want to respond correctly to politics, pray for those in leadership. Pray for the candidates. Pray for who might be the next president of the United States of America. Take the high road. Take the high road. The second thing is this. Honor those in leadership. We find this instruction in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. It says this. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. Now, I'm the, this is not the emperor that Peter's writing about. <laughs> As a matter of fact, back in Bible times, when you had a different conviction than the emperor, when you thought different than them, they would cut your head off. Just ask John the Baptist, because that's what happened to him. And yet God is telling Christ's followers to honor the emperor. How much more does he want us to honor the political leaders that are in place today? Honor. What's honor mean? Honor means respect. It means as for worth, merit, or rank, we should honor those who are our political leaders in the United States. 
some of the hate language that we hear from our culture, from the media, is unacceptable for Christ's followers. We need to take the high road. We need to honor our leaders. I coached baseball for many years. I have four children, and I coached all them all through Little League and Teener Ball. And, and I, our teams would be very passionate about winning. And, and, and they would get so passionate that they would start saying things. And they would start saying things to the other team. Things like, the pitcher stinks. The pitcher has a rag arm. He can't throw a strike. And their passion would begin to be disrespectful to the other team or the other individuals. And we'd always have to kind of redirect their thinking. And we'd say, look, if you want to be passionate about winning, cheer on your team. Cheer on your guys. Don't be disrespectful to the other team. Just imagine. Ask yourself this. What are we teaching our children when we're disrespectful to the political leaders in America? I wonder. It's not easy. I have to watch myself too. But God's telling us, honor those in leadership. You know, you go back to that verse in Matthew 22 and he says, love God, love people. And he actually uses the word, when you're loving people, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I've been around a little bit. I know how this is. I have a neighbor. Every time we have a picnic, they're cutting the grass. (laughs) I have another neighbor a few houses down. The dog barks in the middle of the night. We all have these neighbors and these little things that occur that where it's very hard for me to love my neighbor. There's times that they get me very frustrated. We need to respect one another. The politicians can be disrespectful. The media can be disrespectful. Our culture can be disrespectful. But Christ's followers should not be. Should not be. Honor those in leadership. And then the third is recognize God's leadership. We find this passage in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. It says this, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Recognize God's leadership. Listen, the hope for America is not in Democrats. The hope for America is not in the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party or whatever other party you want to mention. The hope for America and the hope for the world is in King Jesus Christ. God never intended to rescue the world or us as Americans through government or politics. He always intended to rescue us through his son, Jesus Christ. Recognize God's leadership. That verse is very interesting because it even says that, and those that exist, all political leaders that exist all throughout history, have all been instituted by God. All of them. 
God has a plan. He knows what he's doing. When your political party loses, the world will not come to an end. Relax. God is in control. Recognize God's leadership. Recognize God's leadership. Let's turn the page and look at three personal responses to political differences. Sometimes we can get into some heated discussions, whether it's with one-on-one or in a group of people. And, and I think there's some principles that we can look at to help us navigate through those moments. So let's look at this first one. The first one is this, be calm. Be calm. I think it's very important for us to just stay calm in these situations. Because I know we, our blood can boil. <laughs> we can get very hyped up over certain subjects and certain convictions. Just stay calm. Stay calm. Recognize we're all different. Recognize that we all come from different paths in life. Recognize that God has brought us through experiences that we have not experienced. Stay calm. Approach others the way you would want to be approached. There's nothing worse than some passionate person getting up in my face before the discussion already starts. Treat others as yourself. The second thing is be curious. Be curious. Ask questions. Try to understand why the other person thinks like they do. Ask them questions. How long have you had this conviction? How did it start? Tell me a little bit about it. Ask them why. Now, now be careful when you say why. Don't say, why in the world do you think that? That is stupid. But ask them why. Try to understand. Empathy is a form of love. We love God. We love people. We'll have empathy in your life. Try to put yourself in their shoes. When I was younger, I had a certain view on divorce. And it was a, I had a strong conviction about this. And then a funny thing happened. Someone close to me walked through it. And I walked through it with them. And you know, when you go through certain experiences in your life, and when it's close to home, you see things with a different perspective. You see things with a different eye. And you begin to see, you begin to see how they are living their lives and why. When it's close to home, it gives you a different perspective. Ask questions. Ask questions. Be calm. Be curious. And then the third one, be compassionate. Be compassionate. Be loving. Be loving. I think sometimes our opinions and our convictions become so strong that we would much rather be right than be compassionate. Ask yourself that question. Would you rather be right or would you rather be compassionate? I think so many times we want to be right and we miss the one thing that God wants us to be 
And that's compassionate. And that's compassionate. You see, Jesus Christ, when he was here on earth, he did not influence people because he was right. He influenced people because he loved them and he was compassionate. He loved everybody. And I think sometimes we get that mixed up and we put ourselves first rather than the other people. God wants us to love him. God wants us to love others. Treat your neighbor as yourself. I think our approach to politics, it's a subject that sometimes we don't like to talk about because we don't want to stir up the hornet's nest. But I think it's very, very important that we see that God does want us to respond to him in a way that's pleasing to him. Respond to the political circus that surround us by loving God. Pray for the leaders. Honor those in leadership. The sacrifices and the time that they put in. You need to, you need to think of the good things rather than always thinking about the negative things. And then recognize God's leadership. Recognize God's leadership. He's in control. He's in control. Love God and love others. I'd like to do something a little bit different today in, in honor of our country and in the name of patriotism and respecting the flag. I would like for all of us to stand and we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. We put the words on the screen because I know some of you haven't said this since second grade. So let's pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Very good. You may be seated. Maybe there's a person in the room that actually did choose to live in America. But for the most part, most of us were born in America. It's a privilege to live in America. It's a privilege to vote and to choose who your leaders are going to be. But I would encourage you. I would encourage you. Take the high road. Love God. Love people. Change the landscape of America. I believe if Christians all across America responded to politics the way God wants us to respond, that we would change the landscape. We would change the landscape. You don't need to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he loved us so much that he sacrificed his life on the cross for us. And he rose again because he was God. Because you loved us, we also should love one another. So Lord, just help us. Help us as, as these next few months go by that, that we would take the high road. And that we would not be concerned with being right, but being concerned with being compassionate. Father, give us the strength and the courage 
in all of our discussions. May we, Lord, be calm. May we be curious and try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And Lord, I, I just pray that we, as Christ followers today at Valley Point Church, would be compassionate during this, during this season of politics in America. And Father, we will give you all the praise and all the thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.